Hello, listeners of A Bit Spursy. Uh, we're back for another week, a glorious week, a week that uh, shines with the will of all religions, a week where evil has been dethroned, a week where the good guys have triumphed, you know, in this dark, dark world where there's so many terrible things. It's great to be able to come on and just talk about a good news story. Hello, I'm Dan. Oh, yeah, shit. Uh, and this is Dan and I'm Barney. Um, sorry, I was just so overwhelmed by the, the light of, uh, our savior, Oliver Skip. No, I loved it so much, Barney. I wanted you to keep going. Mm. That was glorious. It's, it's got this weird feeling to it. It's like we, fi- we finally defeated these overlords, but something still feels a bit off with it, I guess, because they were so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Not that that's a defense, but it's like. It'd be nice mm. to beat them when they were playing really well so their fans can't just turn around and go like, well, we were playing shit, so it doesn't actually count. Mm. But isn't that a funny, like, that's such a funny defense to be able to be like, well, we're really bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you that you lost because you yeah. are really bad. Like, what? this isn't, like, this isn't some alternate timeline. This is the current Premier League, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Yeah. I feel like we just kind of want them to, like, come back at us a bit more. Mm. So when we're like, ha-ha, Chelsea, uh, we smashed you. You suck. We want the response to be like, no, we don't suck. You suck. We're better than you and everything. Yeah. But then to, for them to just be like, yeah, we're really shit now. We're like, no, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah. banter for a bit. <laughs> for once, we want to banter about this game. We normally just don't want to talk about it at all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, engage. Like, play play along with us rather than just be like, well, yeah, I mean, we suck. And you're like, well, that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fun. <laughs> you, you can't do this now. You can't just be like yeah. that and that's all, it's all over. Mm-hmm. God, it felt good to watch. I mean, as you said, I agree. It wasn't the same kind of like release that I was hoping for because they did suck. Um, and we kind of just like smothered them. It wasn't like we were absolutely carving them up. Like I was happy with how we played um, because the gold man gold gave man. his golden <laughs> charms to our players yet again. Oh, gold man just never fails to disappoint. Um, 100%, mm-hmm. 100%. He's just riding that to the, to the end of the season or until Conte returns, which you see headlines saying Conte will be back sooner than you think. Mm. Um, I, I'm really, I'm really going to miss Delaney when he's not, when he's not the head honcho anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really awkward if Conte comes back first game in charge and say it's Wolves this weekend and he loses. It'll be like, uh, <laughs> um, well, we've just beaten, I mean, this other man has beaten, uh, Chelsea and City and now we're losing to Wolves. Not to, uh... Put, you know, wolves are always a strong team with big arts, but at the same time, like wait, wait, wait what did you say? Wolves are a strong team with a big ass, <laughs> big hearts. Oh, big hearts! <laughs> so, wolves, uh, strong team, and they've all got big fat asses. Yeah, I thought you were like, yeah, a strong team and a big ass. <laughs> like I didn't notice that about wolves players. I'd never. Is that the key to their training ground? They do a lot of squats. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in this week to see the fattest asses you've ever seen. Spurs get around them asses. We'll have to find out. (laughs) Who knows?
Okay, big hearts makes a lot more sense. Yeah. They do have big hearts. Mm. They've lost 12, they've won six, they've drawn six. They're not really in anything team at the moment. Mm. Like you look at other teams, say like Brentford or Newcastle, and it's like they just don't lose. They they manage to draw the majority of their games and very, very difficult to actually win against. It's the type of team where we look at it on paper now and it's like, all right, this should absolutely be a shoe-in. Yeah. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> we all know the but. Will Conte, if he does come back, will he persist with um, Richarlison starting and Son on the bench? If Stellini is making choices here, mm. which we don't know, we don't know. It would be, yeah. it would seem improbable that like Stellini would just go, you know what? I'm picking the lineup. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But it's mm. it's quite interesting that Conte disappears. And then finally we get Son benched for a couple of games. Yeah. Like it, it can't just be coincidental that, you know, Conte's ringing up and going, you know what? Maybe it's time to bench Son. Yeah, yeah. I've just, I've just decided this now while I'm recovering. I've, I hadn't had this thought for the rest of the season. I would play him through absolutely any slump of form, even just no matter how horrible he is. To me, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, Conte's away. He's got a bit of a distance. He's a bit of, he's afraid of Son. And he's like, Stellini, bench him. I couldn't do it because I was scared. But now I'm safe in Italy do it, which is bizarre for like the smiliest, you know, friendliest player. But maybe, who knows, maybe Son's holding Conte up against the wall, training ground going, I better start, brother. I better start punching him in the guts. <laughs> yeah, Con Son's just been bullying Conte this whole time. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Conte is actually not in Italy. He's just gone into hiding and he's in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and then Stellini's walking around and he's just whispering, do it, do it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Stellini's turning around and he's just trying to trying to catch this wind that's whispering all this wisdom to him. Bench Sonny. Bench him. See what happens. See what happens. You might get abused by all of Son's fans. That's what happens. That's what happens. I think that was the thing that Ben Kilpatrick put out a, a, a tweet saying, oh, Son has scored a couple of times off the bench this season. And then all of Son's army just came on and just like oh yeah yeah started tearing him to shreds for just tweeting a fact. Mm, yeah yeah. Did you say Ben? Do you mean Dan? Uh, I'm talking about Dan's uh, <laughs> Dan's burner account, Ben Kilpatrick. Uh, oh wow. No, I did mean I did mean Dan. I did mean Dan. Yeah. Who yeah, is Ben sure. Kilpatrick? Someone? I have no idea, but I'm going to refer to Dan Kilpatrick as Ben Kilpatrick. Yeah, from now on. Now in our minds, he is Ben. Yeah, he is Ben. He is Ben. It's a bit like, you know, the whole Obi-Wan thing where he calls himself Ben. Yeah. Why? Like, why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably going to be a Star Wars fan who'll listen to this and go like, well, the actual reason is that, and it's going to be a, <laughs> this really in-depth thing and it makes a lot of sense. And I totally would, you know, would get that. But mm. it's just, mm. it just seems so bizarre when you've got like names like Obi-Wan Kenobi. But, you know, if you want, mm. you can also call me Ben. Yeah. Because Liam Neeson's character, was it Qui-Gon Jinn? Mm. It's like, I'm Qui-Gon Jinn, but you know what? If you're feeling up for it, you can call me Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> call me Simon. <laughs> yeah. Call me Simon, please. Oh, we'll go with Qui-Gon. I think that's the Jedi Order. We Yeah. <laughs> that, that's your name. Uh, no, no. Call me Simon. Turn feeling like a Simon. <laughs> yeah, every day he changes it. I'm feeling like a Greg. Call me Greg. <laughs> this is the time at like the Disney Plus offices, they pause the screening and they're like, well, guys, what is this new show? Like, it's mm. just about naming conventions in the Star Wars universe. Like, I know we're running the well quite dry and, you know, we put out a lot of stuff now and, you know, Andor did well, so maybe we got a bit excited, but <laughs> there's no show in this. Yeah, we can't get away with this. 
we cannot get away with this. Just wait till you see Jar Jar Binks come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his new name, Gary. <laughs> I, what did you make of the, I mean, the biggest sort of event aside from Skip's fantastic goal was, if we're going chronologically, uh, the sending off or the non-sending off, the, the Schrodinger's cat of sending offs. Oh. Um, what I just, I've read a couple of articles being like trying to make sense of what happened and I just don't care. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, it's one of the, the only times that I listened through to like, you know, when the game finishes, they go back to the studio and then you know that they end up cutting back to the managers and the man of the match mm. and all that sort of stuff. And then they cut back to Dermot Gallagher again to see like any uh, takes on the game. Yeah. I watched all through that to try and see the explanation there. And mm. the explanation doesn't really make much sense at all. And no. <laughs> funnily enough, Tim Sherwood made a good point saying that if, okay, if it's a yellow card for the push, why, why didn't he get ZH get a yellow card for the initial challenge? Mm. So therefore there should be two incidences regardless if you're going to take away the red, mm. that sh he should still be off. Mm. Um, but like the way that Dermot Gallagher explained it, it was just like, it sounded so convoluted where it's like, well, the referee didn't realize which player had raised an arm. So he went to ask the linesman, the linesman said that an arm had been raised, but there was not, again, didn't know the player. So then the ref went and yellow carded everyone else. And then VAR said, oh, it was Ziyech who raised an arm, but then VAR are not allowed to, to give any recommendations at that stage. They can only say who they think it should be. And then the referee sends off Ziyech and then VAR come in and say, oh, hang on. We don't think that should be a red card. And it's just like, mm. <laughs> what is happening? Like why these rules are so stupid. It's like you can't interfere in the game with the game VAR, and then that rule makes them interfere with the game more than they ever possibly could. I don't understand how they're like, who raised the arm? And VAR were like, ZH. And then as soon as he gets a red card, they're like, <laughs> you lose. No. Wrong decision. Wrong decision. But also what what by the, you know, <laughs> phrase which I hate to utter because it's said so uh, often on the broadcast, uh, clear and obvious error. What was the clear and obvious error? Yeah. I, like he strikes him, his hand and uh, initially goes for the shoulder, whatever, but then it catches him in the face. Mm. And so it's like, I, that's a cardable offense. So for a ref to go, that's violent lashing out. And like, he's lashed out in retaliation. Like, is that any worse than like David Beckham back in 98? where he gets tackled badly and then just like kicks his leg back. Or when I think Son got sent off when uh, Rudiger like went over him mm. and then Son like kicked back to like, hey, get off me. Mm. Or when Son got sent off against Bournemouth as well, like against when Lerma sort of gave him a punch and then Son got him back. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, how, how is this? Like, you're right. How is this a clear and obvious error? How is it deemed to be in that basket? Yeah, I have no idea. And I assume, because I know Havertz clipped... Richarlison, but I assume that card was an error because it was, it was very random. And then yeah, just the fact that it took so long and for a while I was like, is he not getting a card? Like how, how? Well, and it seemed like with, with that pause, it was like, okay, VAR stepping in here and going, Hey, ZH has got to go off. Mm. It's so bad. So it's either he's punished for the two offenses and they're both yellows and he goes off or he gets a straight red 
because he struck someone in the face. Like to me, the idea that the the English uh, Premier League uh, referees VAR would be like, he didn't mean to. He was just going to whack him on the shoulder instead. So don't send him off. He didn't mean to get him on the face. It's like, what? Like how many times are players given cards for tackles that they misjudged and there's no ill intent there? They just do something. That whole like putting another player in danger is part of the process of giving players cards. So striking someone and then missing and hitting them on the face is by definition still part of that criteria. Like it, it, it's just so bad. It's like, it's shocking how bad, like I don't know how to, I'm struggling to put into words how bad <laughs> it was because it was so horrific. Yeah, I honestly felt rage when that happened and I don't often feel that at all, mm. but it felt like such injustice. Mm. Um, that it, and like the only real explanation at the end of the day is that Todd Bowley got on his phone yeah. and was just like, don't worry guys, we're going to sort this one right out. Mm. Uh, Hey, Hey, Mr. Premier League, uh, what's it going to take? 10 mil, yeah. 20 mil, bring him back on. Let's do this. Let's get rid of that red. How about we take away that red? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have like tinfoil hat conspiracy in these games where it's a big fixture, not just us, Chelsea, but any sort of top six meaningful fixture the the game management by the refs is like we want to keep this an interesting product for as long as we possibly can and avoid making something that is no longer engaging and that could be a reason but also equally it could be hey premier league ref uh i just got a big sack of money i don't know how much i i've been spending a lot of money i, I have no idea but why don't you uh, have that money and you keep our boy on? We'll give you a part of that money for like over 25 years. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to we're gonna give you five pounds a year. Maybe we'll do a 20, <laughs> 25,000 year deal. Um, you know, let's just get this happening. Uh, yeah. Hey, do you want to play for Chelsea? Do you want to be on the Chelsea uh, roster? We'll sign you up. We'll sign you up. Yeah, Mr. VAR, you know what you got to do. You got to, you know what you got to do. You got to do this one thing for us and we'll sign you up to the juniors. <laughs> you know what I want? A big TV screen on Chelsea. I want a big TV that plays images back. That would be crazy. Oh my God. I've got a great idea. VAR, you're our new number nine. <laughs> Get on. It's, um... I just love how Tom Bowley just became more and more like starting on Boston and then just became real Jersey, just mob boss. Yeah. He, he became like, <laughs> we're the unusual suspects yeah. <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> Hey, forget about it. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey. <laughs> it, it honestly though, it's like, does VAR look at that and just go like, um, Stuart Atwell, just, you know, Chelsea are pretty shit right now. Mm -hmm. Um, this game will be really bit like really embarrassing for them. Just come just show a bit of leeway. Just let him, let him back on. Come on. Chelsea are so shit. Mm. Like if, if they did that, I would respect that a little bit more. Like, I, I don't know. The most frustrating thing about all this is that we never get any explanations for any of these calls ever. No. Whereas in other sports, they do give explanations for calls. I, I think the reason why. It's so secretive is that no one really understands how to, um, officiate by the rules. And so all of it comes off like feeling. 
So it's like, well, Zia, you know, there was a bit of argy-bargy. And so I guess, like, you know, like, he was provoked. And, yeah, I guess it's yellow. Like, there's not, like, well, he did this thing. And so, therefore, it is a red card regardless. On that thought, did you notice um, Michael Owen said something, which I hadn't heard in a number of years, and I don't think you could say anymore, where he's like, you know, we see that, and it's just handbags. And it's like, um, Michael, mate. (laughs) Yeah. No, no one has said that yeah. for a long time and with good cause <laughs> because it's mm. um, quite a sexist statement there. It's incredibly sexist. <laughs> I slipped that in and it just was like nothing. But I wonder if people in the studio were just like, oh, we don't know what to do now. What do we What do we say? Well, I mean, also, it's, it's such a funny, not only is it sexist, but if you get hit over the head with a handbag, what's in it? Uh, are there lots of zips? Like, it's going to hurt. <laughs> like, it's not this, like... It's not a pillow fight or something. It's just purely because it's like women have handbags and therefore it wouldn't hurt. But it's like, if you think about it, it's like, well, it would hurt a lot. Yeah. Oh, totally. It would hurt massively. It would hurt massively. Yeah. But yeah, just to Mm. be like, well, they've gotten a little bit emotional there. And who gets emotional? Oh, women. Oh, throwing handbags. Oh, my God. Oh, but it's it's something that... um, that's something Soonest would say. Yeah, yeah. I saw the other day that he had like, I don't know if it was Masterclass or it was some other, it was some video educational Michael Owen I'm talking about um, thing where you could subscribe and watch his videos. And I was like, I wonder what he's teaching. Because I reckon the only subject I would come to him for is being the dumbest man alive and <laughs> maintaining a job. Uh, <laughs> um, and somehow just... Rocking up to work and not being fired. Oh, he's, he's a, he's somehow he's managed to like still a living in, like he was a very good young footballer, but then he just extended yeah. his career somehow. I don't know how mm. that happened. And then mm. now it's like he has, yeah, he's made a living out of this. The, the funny thing is, yeah, you know, um, listeners to our podcast do seem to gravitate towards movie club, yeah, <laughs> which is, yeah, you know, uh, the, the movie club between, uh, Harry, uh, you know. Rest, rest in peace, uh, Doherty and Dyer. Um, but interesting thing about Michael Owen, um, he said that he's only ever watched eight films. <laughs> what? This is, this is uh, like, there's an updated article here, which says Michael Owen has now watched 13 films. Oh my God. Does it have a listing of what he's watched? Yeah. So he's, this is, and these are from like tweets from, the Michael Owen verified Twitter account from like 2014, Mm -hmm. right? So these are like, it's legit from him. He says, watched my eighth ever film on the flight home. Must have been bored. Hashtag hate films. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I love just the fact of like, he's like, yeah, better hashtag this hate films just to get in that conversation (laughs) with all the other hate films flying around on Twitter. What? Like it would probably be like when, when he puts that hashtag in and it tells you how many people have, have used it, it would be like, Michael, you are the first person on Twitter to use this hashtag. <laughs> he's put down, he's gone, films I've been forced to watch. Rocky, Heat, Ghost, Jurassic Park, Cool Runnings, Seabiscuit, Karate Kid, Forrest Gump. Seabiscuit. <laughs> what? And then I think... Yeah, he was asked about it and he just said, oh, I just can't get into them. I don't like to be kidded. Uh-huh. And I don't know what that, that means, but it's like, you, what do you mean you don't like to be kidded? <laughs> God, that's good. So, like, he's watching them being like, 
Does anyone realise it's not real? They're faking it. Does anyone realise it's not real? Oh, am I the only person that knows it's fake? Oh my god. <laughs> Have I picked up on this? Is anyone is anyone else actually feeling it? They're not real. <laughs> yeah. They've pulled the wool over my eyes again. I said, Michael, you're not gonna get the wool pulled over your eyes any more times. Sorry, happened two times before, and it's not gonna be a third. <laughs> what is it like I'm the last bastion of reality? <laughs> I'm the only one that enforces what is and what isn't. <laughs> and films are lies. That is bananas, especially considering he works in a position to which he is told what to say by producers to spin narratives. Not unlike a film. <laughs> it's just Definitely. That is I imagine shocking. he's like standing outside the cinema and his pe- and he's in a trench coat and a fedora, and as people are going in, he's like you know, not real. Don't know if you know this. They're not real. <laughs> yeah. Popcorn's good, though. <laughs> Popcorn's good. People on the screen are just pretending. <laughs> They're just pretending. And you might go to another planet. It's not a real planet. It's not real. They can't be on that screen. They're too big. I got out my measuring tape last time I went, <laughs> and they've, they're about 20 metres tall. That's too tall for a human. I just can't. I can't believe that he's been forced to watch eight. I want to know who forced forced him to watch Sea Biscuit. Yeah, um, like Sea Biscuit is really the outlier in all of those. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the rest of them, I'm like, yeah, like they would be in not necessarily like the top ten greatest films ever, but they're in like the top hundred most watched films, of course. Mm. But then Sea Biscuit is really the outlier there. Um, apparently he also says Rocky four is his favorite film. Uh huh. Uh, didn't, didn't like Rocky one. It's rubbish. <laughs> is Rocky four, not the one where, um, there is a Rocky has a robot that looks after it. I'm not sure. Rocky four is the one that has, uh, the way he fights Drago. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky yeah. four, I think is quite good. Rocky five, I think is pretty hor- horrendous. I'm not sure which mm, one the mm. robots in though, but maybe Michael took exception to that. Mm, mm. His review of Jurassic Park is, I thought Jurassic Park was quite good, actually. What? His re- his review of Heat wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> his, re- uh, his review uh, of Ghost, it was all right. I can't really remember what happened. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and then for Cool Runnings, <laughs> I don't understand this. For Cool Runnings, I was in hell having to pretend I liked it. <laughs> Oh my God! Who who was he watching it with Queen Elizabeth? Well, he was like, "Say you like it, Michael." Come on, Michael, say you like it. Apparently, he's seen Creed as well, though. Mm-hmm. It was all right. I'd have preferred a good documentary, to be honest. Right? Does he know that documentaries are constructed? Does he know that that's also not <laughs> reality? I don't. God, we need to get him on the pod. I like honestly, <laughs> Michael Owen's movie club. <laughs> yeah. It, it says his views on Seabiscuit, Karate Kid, and Forrest Gump remain undisclosed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what they are. It's, this yeah. is unbelievable. This is like, I am just gobsmacked by this. Like, this is kind of like living in a bunker for 20 years and you forgot to take down a DVD player type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. Like, I can't. And this is meant to be a Tottenham Hotspur podcast, but it's very hard to... <laughs> refocus on you know we haven't even spoken about how emerson had a good game how skip scored a wonder goal how kane's goal was much harder than it actually looked um how kulusevsky looks better 
or how the cement mixer, Hoybier, had another good game, hit the post. We can't say those things because we've just found out that Michael Owen's, one of Michael Owen's 13 films is Seabiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you've mentioned all the hot topics from the game, so the game's covered off mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. I really wonder if Michael Owen ever bumped into Toby Maguire. Oh. Do you know, I've, uh, do you look a lot like the guy from Seabiscuit? Yeah. <laughs> I saw this um, bewitched moving photograph about um, a, a horse who was a uh, sea biscuit. I thought it was going to be about people having tea on the beach, but it wasn't. I complained about that. I, I went back and I got a refund and I said, show me the beach film. <laughs> yeah. You want to watch the piano? <laughs> He's like, oh, that is unreal. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Should we fly through some of these questions? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Maybe we'll pick one. We've got a few to get through, but maybe I'll pick one that's kind of semi-recent recently. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. look, for Jack Batchelor, um, who's posted this on Discord, we have talked about the red card. Mm-hmm. We have talked about that one. Um, so I think this one from THFC Tex. If you could have one player secretly mic'd up so we can hear what they actually say and think in a match without any filter, who would it be and what do you think they would say? I thought Romero would be fun, but then quickly realized it would just be him screaming in someone's face every four minutes when he two foots through a player. I think that's true. It'd be like a lot of um, peaking and you wouldn't be able to hear much. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, a few options. I would love to uh, hear um, Hoybier say, vamos, vamos, a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I have always wanted to know, and, you know, like I think I know that um, the person that screams, get out, get out, is Larice. Um, but it would be good to confirm <laughs> that. I feel like, um, who else would be good? I, I mean, I would have loved in the past to hear Yan Tongan talking because I feel like it would be the most savage, mm. like Mean Girls uh, commentary you've ever heard in your entire life. Well, they they did, um, I think he's at Andalek now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put up a video of him uh, uh, like a month or so ago, which was him mic'd up during a game. Oh. Yeah. Was he like terrible uniforms? You look ugly. <laughs> I wish he was like that. Yeah, just like, your socks, they don't match the boots that you have. <laughs> Stupid man. <laughs> yeah. uh, it made me go, oh, I wish this guy was our captain <laughs> when I saw mm-hmm. him. But yeah, he would have been a great one. Who would you pick? Um, I would probably pick, I just think, Eric Dyer. I just have to pick Eric Dyer mm. because I just love to hear, like, I feel like he would just be talking about any, like he'd be talking about like chess moves to like Ben Davies next to him. <laughs> Can you believe he went knight e4? That was just absolutely opened up for the Sicilian and I would not have gone that defense. Eric, we just conceded. Well, conceded is what I did last night when I, I castled and I castled way too early in the game. <laughs> yeah. I should have waited to develop my bishop a bit further. <laughs> that is a good point. I think also Emerson would be good because I imagine it would just be like, uh, come on, Emerson, come on. <laughs> nice one. Hell yeah. Nice, nice one. one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good one. Oh, yeah. Like it would be all that kind of stuff. It's just notes to his editor. Clip that. Clip that. Clip, clip that, clip that, clip that. Clip that. <laughs> I actually think, in all honesty, I think Kulisevsky would be incredible because he's, mm. you know, quite a humble guy, but also he mm. gets him, like, players come at him, he gives them little shoves, and I feel like mm. because he's quite tough, players would kind of try and get in his ear a little bit. Mm. I feel like it's the sort of player that other players think that they could bully. Yeah. Like you've got to be a lunatic to try and go up and bully Romero. 
So I think people are mm-hmm. just going to leave that alone. But I think Kulisevsky would be like, Kulisevsky, we can take him. Come on. And then just the things he would say back, I would be very, very, very intrigued to find out what they are. Yeah. Because he's like undercover psycho. Like he's yeah. a psycho, but it doesn't, It when it comes out, you're like, whoa, but it's not often enough that he has that kind of narrative around him. But I think you're right. I think it would be deranged yeah. stuff he would say. I wonder as well how often players would like sing their own, th- their, their fan chanting song. Like if he hears the stadium, like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like, I wonder if players would sing that under their breath. I think they would. I would find it very hard not to. Yeah. But also I'm not a professional footballer. So <laughs> this one here, what do we think of Ben Davies performances at left wing back? Personally, he has been decent. And if he can play there, what does that say about Cesar's prospects next year? Dan? Mm, yeah, that one is from Sammy Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like half the reason people ask questions is also to have their name read out with it as well. So it would be sad if it's like, oh, my questions, my questions on the wireless. Oh, they didn't say mm. my name though. S A M M Y space Z, Sammy Z. <laughs> there we go. Clip that. Clip that. I think Ben Davies has, has been solid. Mm. I think overall, Cess is a has a huge question mark over him, mm. and we get a doggy in, and I feel like at this stage, if we got a decent offer for Cess, I would be in favor of selling, and I'd probably prefer to keep Davies there, which I know sounds like ultimately I prefer another left back, but given that you yep. know we still will have Perisic for another season, mm. I just feel like Cess's time is running out to to improve, and I just think Davies is a little bit more reliable, whereas Cess, like, he might look really good, but then he just looks pretty average for a while. I hope that the club goes, we sent the wrong player on loan, we sell Cess, get Reggion back. Not that he's any kind of, like, saviour, but at least he isn't, like, scared of shadows when he's on the pitch. Um, And then we've got, you know, Perisic or Davies. I mean, ideally, we, like you said, you know, we got Doggy and we signed another left back. But he's been good, but it's not like, I'm not like, oh, this is the solution. Um, and there will come a point in the next couple of games where it's like, uh-oh, this is not good. This is not working. He's not quick enough. He's not. I mean, he's very clever, um, but he's not quick and he's what 20 is he 28 29 now i'm not sure well he's he's getting yeah he's getting on a little bit he's played what 300 games for us mm. um i just feel that there's probably still someone out there who will pay more for cess yeah and if that helps us upgrade another area given that we've got a doggy coming in given that we still have perisic and then if davies is like the third choice to sort of shift out there mm. i think we we'd get more for cess than we would for davies and I, 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 I don't know. I would just opt to go for that. But let's say if something happened to Perisic, then, then we're in a bit of a situation mm. there. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm just feeling if, if we're aiming to like upgrade center back or we're aiming to, I don't know who else we're going to bring in, but mm. I don't know if like left wing back is maybe not the, the biggest problem area in my mind, given that we do have a doggy coming in. So I don't know. It's a it's a tough one. Cess could very easily be bought by someone else in the Prem and then just turn into a superstar. He could also be the type of player that maybe he is suited more as an attacking winger. And he's not mm. like wing back is just not the best position for him. Yeah, possibly. I imagine he'll go to a smaller club, look pretty good, 
And then if he was to get sold on again to a bigger club, he would sort of present with the same issues. Um, yeah. Don't know. I've, I've completely given up on him to be completely honest. Um, yeah. I'm not interested in, in seeing him play. Um, look, that's our, that's our half, uh, well, over our half an hour mark. So there's other questions that we, we'll get to eventually. Great that we spent like 15 minutes talking about Michael Owen's movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can answer Conte seasons. Uh, Hugh goes out for a while. How confident you are in, uh, forces ability. Not that confident, but he's been fine. I've actually been pretty impressed with him. Like that double save he made against Milan before they scored. That was, yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was pretty good. good. And even in the Chelsea game, I remember watching it and going, you know what? Forster's much better with his the ball at his feet than Hugo. Oh, so much better. And he, he just, like, he's yeah. not incredible. He's not an Edison or an Allison there, but like, he's he's reliable. So I'm quite happy mm. with Forster now until the end of the season. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, all right. Well, as always, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. Go. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.